Hi, and welcome to Chronically Jill, the podcast where I, Jillian Hagen, also known as the Fibro Rebel Online, will tell you all about my life with chronic illnesses, bring you more fun facts about fibromyalgia, and tell you the story of someone's day-to-day life with chronic illnesses. My pronouns are she, her. This is an independent podcast, which I am recording in my kitchen, so there may be sounds in the background. Please understand. This podcast can and does contain explicit language, so please keep that in mind. As an independent podcast, I would love it if you supported me on Patreon or Acast. For as little as $2 a month, you can get access to early episodes and ad-free content. If that's not something you're interested in, that's absolutely okay. I am thankful for your support in just listening, sharing, and subscribing wherever it is you listen to podcasts. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Just a heads up for this one. I wrote it when I was mad, so it's possible that it gets a little ranty. So, sorry. Uh, Something that I encounter often on TikTok and other social media apps and in real life, to be honest, is that people assume fibro is fake or that we are faking or exaggerating our symptoms. We all know that, in fact, it's usually the opposite. We fake being well because if we don't, well, at least if I don't, I might give up and stop trying to live my life to the fullest, even though I'm in pain all the damn time. I never want to give up, but it is incredibly difficult most days. Just yesterday, I had a comment on my TikTok saying that fibro is a mental illness. I'm using quotes there, sarcastic air quotes, and that if it magically goes away when there's something fun to do, it's not a real condition. Um, Just imagine that entire sentence with the air quotes. First off, fuck that person. Pardon my language. Uh, Second, fuck that person again because it just makes me so angry. We have chronic illnesses that that means forever or at least until they come up with a cure, if they come up with a cure. It drives me crazy that people expect us to sit around being sick all the damn time. And not that we never do. I do all the time. When we are feeling good though, we certainly know how to take advantage of it. We have no choice. It doesn't magically go away. We just know how to push through when we need to, which is quite often when there are fun things to do because we're humans. And I doubt anyone listening to this who is of that terrible opinion, they're not exactly my demographic. But if they are though, please understand that we are sick, not dead. It also affects all of us differently. Some people can work, some can't. Some exercise, some can't get out of bed most days. There is no right or wrong way to experience chronic illness. We are all different. 
It isn't one size fits all. Guess what? We're also very, 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 very good at masking our pain. I am sitting at my desk and currently my foot feels like it's getting cut open. My upper back is radiating pain through all my muscles and my chest is killing me because I managed to go to the gym yesterday and push myself too hard because I do that way too damn often. To anyone looking at me though, I would appear like nothing is wrong. I'm calmly sitting at my desk. Well, maybe not calmly because I'm like ranting just a little bit, but I'm not screaming like I could be being in this much pain. And to anyone who has never experienced anything like this, it would be so difficult to understand. I know that many, too many doctors out there truly believe that fibro isn't a real condition. They might be right. Like, honestly, they could be. I, I believe it's going to go one way or the other. They will either find tangible proof that it is a very real condition, and hopefully they will be able to find something to help our symptoms better than what is available to us now. Or they're going to find something else that fibro is either a part of, or it could be something entirely different, which means that fibro doesn't exist anymore. Because that is how science works. Things are right until they are disproven. Fibro is a thing that exists now because we have nothing else to call our pain, nothing else tangible to hold onto because it could be so many things. Whether or not fibro is a blanket term for a whole shitload of different conditions or not, we are in pain. It doesn't matter what we're calling it. We hurt, we can't sleep, or we sleep too much and still are not rested. We are so tired, we cannot function. Our heads are so foggy, we forget conversations while we're in them. We have something. And the fact that so many people out there are in disbelief that it exists means that we have to be extra vigilant in our advocacy. That would mean people would need to be willing to learn though. And in my experience, that's just not the case which is sad and depressing in itself. <laughs> so this is from an old article that I found uh, from 2016. So take all of this with a grain of salt. And the article is called, Why Does Fibro Have a Credibility Problem? And it says that over a quarter of fibro patients feel that their doctor doesn't consider fibro a legitimate diagnosis and that convincing their friends and family was not an easy task. A direct quote from the article is, it was maddening. I felt like most of the doctors I saw were not acknowledging that I was really in pain. I felt they were thinking I was exaggerating my symptoms or that I was making them up entirely, even to the point where I saw a neurologist who told my husband to take me to a psychiatrist because there was nothing wrong with me. I think we all feel that one deep in our souls. The article goes on to say that many people just stop going and seeing doctors because of the credibility issue that we face, which honestly makes so much sense. There isn't exactly a unanimity in the health community about whether it even exists, let alone how to treat it. We know that it's real for now. Whether it stays that way or not is up to science. And no matter what the advancement is, it can only be helpful to us, and that's definitely a good thing. But for the time being, it would be really nice if people just believed us when we said that our pain was real.
because it is and we deserve better than just being brushed off. I will be right back after this little break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at MintMobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So welcome, Jerrica. Am I saying that right? You are. Okay. That was one of my favorite names as a kid because I loved Gem and the Holograms. I was like obsessed with it. And I remember when I had my first kid, I wanted to name them Jerrica. <laughs> my mom's like, no, that's awful. And I'm like, oh, you shouldn't have told anyone. Oh. She was like, it sounds like it's from the 80s. I'm like, well, it is. It is. That's where it's from. That's great. That's great. It's so funny. Not very many people actually realize that's what it's that's what it's from. That's cool. I'm so happy. <laughs> yeah. Favorite show. I was obsessed with it when I was younger. Yeah. I wish I could, I wish it was like streaming somewhere now that I could watch it with my kids. Cause I think they would like it too, but used to be on Netflix, but I don't think it is anymore. Yeah. I know the like really bad movie was. Ew. Yeah. No, the movie was awful. Yeah. Was bad. I have bad memories of watching that. <laughs> you know? So how are you doing today? 
I'm all right. Um, yeah, it's going to be kind of a annoying day later. I have an appointment that I'm not excited about, but doing good this morning. How about you? Pretty good. good. I just woke up. So I got to sleep in a little today, which was nice. That's good. I mean, yeah. only until like 8.30, but I have four kids. So anything past like 7 a.m. just feels great. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so tell me about what you, what you have going on with you. So I have fibromyalgia. That's um, finally been one of the diagnoses. I've fought for that, um, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate to. <laughs> um, I have PCOS, which again was another thing I had to fight for. Um, I have spondylolysis, which is literally just a broken vertebrae, um, chronic migraines. I was originally told I had tendonitis, just, you know, told that, didn't have any kind of tests done. And then finally I had a test done. And they're like, oh no, you don't have tendonitis. It's just fibromyalgia. <laughs> yeah. You're just in pain. <laughs> you just, you know, it's fine. <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, I've, that's pretty much the the gist of it, you know. Okay. Yeah, I have spondylosis. Spondylolysis. Spondylolysis. I have that written down because I was going to ask what it was. Yeah. <laughs> also how to pronounce it because obviously I can't. <laughs> I know. Trust me. It took me a while. I always was like, here's how you spell it. You can look that up and, and do with that what you will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I've never, I've never heard that term before. So it's, and it's just you're, you have a broken vertebrae. Essentially. Yeah. Um, okay. so you know how your vertebrae are shaped where it's like round and then it's got like the little fin. Yep. The fins broke off. Oh yeah. That sounds awful. <laughs> and if I don't keep, uh, keep an eye on it, it could slide one way or the other. So I have to like, try to keep those muscles strong, which <laughs> exercise, right. Working on it. So easy. <laughs> Yes, so easy. Just all the time, just running right. around. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and is, are they fixing that or is there something surgical they can do? Um, so mine is because the bone was thin uh, to begin with, which is something that can be um, present from birth, essentially. And you could just never know it's there or it could break and then you know it's there. <laughs> um, so essentially mine's too thin to do anything to. Okay. Yeah. So I just have to either, you know, ignore it and hope it doesn't get better or hope it doesn't get worse <laughs> or hope it does, you know, stay the same and, and try to work on exercising it. And that's literally all I I've tried a back brace too. And I'm, my tummy area is too sensitive to have anything squeezing me. So I can't even use a back brace. <laughs> I hear that I can't do the back braces either. Like I've had a bunch of surgery on my spine and stuff and no, it's, they don't yeah. do anything other than make me really uncomfortable. Yeah, literally. It's so crazy. I remember you uh, talking about all your back surgeries and everything. That was actually, I think when I first uh, found your TikTok was you were, you had just had the back surgery. Yeah. I had my fourth one in August. Really? Yeah. That's when it was then it was, <laughs> it must've been that around that time. Yeah, I was at the end of end of August, I think. 
but it's kind of settled into a place where it still hurts all the time, but I don't need my wheelchair anymore. That's good. And See, like that's I can, an improvement, right? And I can walk most of the time and it's it's been good. I think it's probably the best I could expect. Yeah. Right? I but it. I get it. Yeah. Like it's For never sure. gonna be like good. Right. <laughs> right. Be careful and make sure I don't lay flat on my back because I just can't I cannot get up if I do. And yeah. I, I find myself doing that on my couch all the time. I'll just kind of like flip over and then I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna be here for a while. <laughs> I live here now. This is this is my life. <laughs> yep. yep. Especially when I'm home alone and I don't have anyone oh, no. to help me up. <laughs> yep, I hear you. I'm sure that's not fun. No. Um, you- I don't know. You can kind of like roll off and then like climb back up on the couch from the floor. <laughs> it's all just awkward. Back stuff is the worst. I'm so sorry you're going through that. Oh, I, I appreciate it. It's been, that's another thing I had to fight for too. It's so stupid how you have to fight for these things. I told them for so long, I have this back pain and I've had so many different doctors and I'm sure so many people can relate to this. And it's so unfortunate. I I had one doctor in specific, when I first started having this particular back pain, I was telling her about it. And she literally looked at me and went like this. Are you sure you're not just lazy? Oh my God. What the hell? Like, right. (laughs) So yeah. And I finally went to a rheumatologist who actually like, I don't know, has empathy for other human beings and um, he's like, well, why don't we send you for an x-ray? <laughs> and that's been five or so years since the first doctor. It's so stupid. Like I first hurt my back when I was 23 or 24. I don't remember. It was like 15 years ago or 12 years ago. Or so it's been a long time. Yeah. And it took me a whole year and a bit of going to doctors before someone because they, they kept giving me x-rays. That's all they yeah. did was give me x-rays, but I had, it was nerves. It was herniated discs and all this stuff. And that's not showing up in x-rays. Yeah, no. And I went into the ER once, like just screaming in pain, couldn't walk. Oh. And I happened to get a neurosurgeon who was doing his like yearly ER rounds. And, you know, he took one look at me, one look at the way I was standing. I was in, I was in, rushed into an MRI like 10 minutes later, which is crazy for MRIs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, two days later I was in surgery. Wow. After a year. And, uh, and I just, I kept telling them, I'm like, listen, I know I'm not in the (laughs) medical field, but I know how to research. I know how to look stuff up. And this is not what I like. I have the pain radiating down my legs. This is nerve damage. Please give me a CAT scan or something. And they're like, no, you're too young for that. Oh, young my favorite that. line. My favorite right? line. Oh. And I'm like, no, I assure you I'm not because I'm in the pain. Right. Exactly. <laughs> well, and, and because of having that said so many times, I don't know about you, but I became defensive when I went into doctors. And when I went into the doctor that finally gave me the x-ray that I needed, I specifically told him, look, this has been said to me so many times. If you're going to say that to me, then I'm going to walk out right now. And he said, absolutely not. My youngest patient is four years old. I completely believe you that you're in pain. So I was like, that's horrible, but thank you. (laughs) You know, 
Well, so, it's so even my family, like I remember, cause I was working out in like Alberta or Saskatchewan or something. I had to take a bus home when I got injured. And when I got off the bus after a 17 hour bus ride with like six herniated discs, like I was limping and all this stuff. And my dad picked me up who I haven't talked to in years. Cause he's a dick, but he was like, why are you limping? If it's your back, I'm like, because your back um, hurts your entire body and there's yeah I'm like, there. I'm like because my leg hurts mostly but it's it's my back but it's my leg and oh my god and I don't think any of my family like really believed how much pain I was in until the doctor was like oh you know emergency surgery right now like we're going and yep. <laughs> so it's and it's hard. It's hard. It's hard for people to understand if they've never gone through something like that, I think. Right. But. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. So how long did it take you to get all your diagnosis, diagnoses, 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 diagnoses. I never know the right word. Diagnoses. So the, all them things that they tell you that you got. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think total since I actually started looking for, uh, things to be diagnosed. It's been about seven years, which is better than most people. There's a lot of people who it takes literally their entire lives to get the most minimal problems figured out. Um, and I think that is in part due to the fact that a lot of doctors who don't want to do the work emotionally and mentally manipulate people into like gaslighting them into thinking that they're imagining it because yep. that's definitely something that happened to me I don't know about about you in particular with with that aspect but a lot of people that I've talked to medical gaslighting is a problem yep. you know and you of drug seeking Yes. Oh, that's horrible. It's like, you have to tell them, I don't want drugs. Tell me what's wrong with me though. (laughs) You know, or or else they just exactly think that like you're just wanting drugs. And I'm like, I don't, I I just need answers so I can try to do something. (laughs) It's, it's awful how much and how often it happens. Like yeah. I'm terrified of going into the hospital every time I go. Cause yes, I want the drugs. I want you to give me the drugs because I'm dying in pain, but you can't act like you want the yeah. good drugs that they have exactly. because then they think that you're just lying and it's just, it's such a crappy system. And yeah, there's people that do that. Yeah. There are. But I just, I, I would love them to tell me what's wrong. I know they're not going to do that, but they, they can give me something that helps right now. And right. it'll like calm stuff down. Right. And when they can do that, that's awesome. Yeah. But yeah, you can't go in there and saying, oh, you know, the last time I had a ketamine infusion in September, I think for like muscle spasms that were happening after my back surgery. And it was awesome it felt so good. It helped yeah. so much, but I can't go into the hospital and be like, yo, can I have a ketamine infusion? Right. I'll be exactly. like, um, no, literally, literally <laughs> exactly. Like, oh, it works. It works real great, but you know, you can't, you can't just have it. Cause yeah. I, I remember yeah. going, I, one time, one time I went into the hospital about six or seven years ago and I had a nurse look at my chart and she said, 
oh, you've been here a bunch for this. What helps? What have we done that helped? I'm like, what? (laughs) I'm like, serious? You're going to ask? Oh my gosh. And I like started crying. She's like, what's wrong? I'm like, no one cares. They don't ask. And it just, it felt so good. It never happened since, but you know. Right. But there are people out there who give a shit. (laughs) It was awesome. And it would be just so much better if more people were like that in the medical community, but it's, it is what it is. We have to figure out how to navigate it. And that's one of the reasons why I thought starting this podcast would be such a good idea because people don't know how, I don't know how like you, and just listening to other people who have been through it and are going through it. Like, I think it's going to make a huge difference for some people. I hope it's going to make a difference for some people. Cause I definitely think you're right. Honestly. Cause like, I'm not, I don't like confrontation. I don't like that stuff. I won't push things with doctors. I'm getting better at it, but it's not something I ever thought to do. It's just, no, they're the professionals. They're right. They know what they're doing. Right. And I just never considered saying, no, I don't accept that. Yep. And the, and the other thing is shopping for doctors, you know, that's another big thing that I had to learn was appropriate. You can shop for your doctors. You can go, you can visit like 15 different doctors. You just got to be willing to pay the bill. I mean, I don't know about how it works with you guys in in Canada, but for America, we can family doctors here. Like there's. Um, I've had mine since I was like, I've, it's different. It's been different doctors, but it's the ones taking over for the ones before I've been with the same one since I was 10. That sucks. But my husband is trying to get one and they don't, they're not near me. Like it's an hour drive to get there. And I don't even care. I, like I lived three hours away before and I still kept the same doctors. I drove down for appointments because we, you just, you can't get family doctors. They don't exist. Mm. and like my husband's trying to get one closer to where we are at our like where we moved to and there's nothing that's so and you know you can go to clinics we have we have clinics but you get different doctors every time it's not consistent and the wait till like four hours yeah it's ridiculous that's I'm sorry that's horrible yeah like I mean Sorry, go ahead. No, um, and I think a lot of Americans are just like, oh my gosh, Canada has universal healthcare. That's amazing. But there's, and it is, it's great that we can go have a baby without paying or get our arm fixed and stuff if we break it or something like that. But there's so much backlogs for everything. And you're, because we have universal healthcare, we're not allowed to pay for medical. So like in the province where we have healthcare. So like when I, when I was waiting for my back surgery, they said it could be like three years. And I was like, we have savings. Can I just, can I pay? There's surgical centers out here. And they're like, no, you're not, you're not allowed to. You'd have to go to like Manitoba or Ontario because you're not allowed to pay to jump queues here. It's so the rich don't do it, which. Okay. 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 Yeah. Completely makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) But like you can't, you can't pay for private clinics if you right. live in DC. And I'm sure the rich people have ways around that and shit. Cause of course they do, but they, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they were like, well, no. And if you want to pay for the surgery, it was like 12 or $15,000, like a lot, but not 
a lot. Yeah. You probably could have swung it, but they're like, oh, well, you have to fly to Manitoba. You pay for all that. And then you have to stay there for at least a week and a half because you can't fly right away after the surgery. And I'm like, okay, so a week and a half in a hotel and I have to bring someone with me because right. you need someone there taking care of you. And I'm like, no, I've, that's not happening. Like if right. I, but it's the same for anything. Like I've been waiting for a pain clinic for four years now. I've wow. yeah. been waiting for a rheumatologist for a year. I'm waiting for a breast reduction because they hurt my back. And that's been a year and a half. <laughs> that's, that's been a thought in the back of my mind <laughs> for a long time. Like that would be very helpful. I can't wear regular bras anymore. So not in years. I wear like <laughs> bralettes or I have a couple sports bras that are okay, but yeah, not a lot of support. Nothing. Oh my God. Nothing literally, but yeah, no, see, and, and doing this as well, talking about the differences between, you know, countries between even States or provinces is going to be huge for people because for the most part, people know what they grew up with. Yeah. You, and you don't, you don't like, and you barely even know what you grow up with sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, for, for here, people who live in the States, you can shop for doctors. You can go to all the different doctors and decide which one you like, which one has that empathy, which ones know what the heck they're talking about, because doctors don't always know what they're talking about even though a lot of them act like they're the ultimate authority on everything. <laughs> I do not like the ones that act like they have, you know, a savior complex. Cause I'm sorry, but you're a human. You can make mistakes. So absolutely. And they do, yeah. but oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> I had my neurosurgeon after my third surgery, uh, it's at the bottom of my spine. I, something happened and my spine, like my spinal fluid was leaking into it. And it was like, if this was my back, it was like coming out like two or three inches. And if I touched it, I could feel it go up my spine, like into my head. Ooh. And it took me oh. four days to get an appointment with him. And by the time that that happened, it had gone down. Yeah. And I should have just gone to the hospital, but I didn't. And it was gone by the time I got in. He's like, oh, I don't see anything. It's fine. Ooh. I'm like, um, okay. Cause like it was there. And every time I touched it, like I could feel the pressure in my spine and wow. all of that, like it was awful. And yeah, just no accountability for okay, anything. No. And they, and he was like, well, it's not there anymore. So it's obviously fine now. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm just going to go because <laughs> I have heard that so many times before too, because I get really bad back muscle spasms every once in a while. Not so much since I finally uh, was put on some medications, <laughs> but um, I used to get really bad ones like several times a year. <laughs> Sorry. And you're fine. Um, and my kids for a sec. <laughs> Um, you would always see like in the area where it happened, I would have like this big red inflamed area for like days afterwards, you know, and I would take a picture of it and be like, I need to, you know, come into the doctor. I can't, I, I can't always just go to the ER because for us, like the ER, <laughs> they're not going to let you do a payment plan like your doctor will. Um, so for here, I have 
over $10,000 worth of medical debt. Um, and I can't just pay it off. I don't have a credit card. I don't have the money saved up. It's like either they're okay with me having a payment plan or they, you know, I don't, they send me to collections, which is not great for your credit. (laughs) Okay. So I don't know anything about any of that. So doctors, you can get payment plans through. Yeah. Most of them do that. Yeah. And a lot of them, um, if for instance, my primary care doctor, my family doctor, um, she like, she's part of a community health network. So, um, they kind of like have a bunch of different types of doctors that are all together in one system. And then all of those doctors can be on one plan. Um, and for that, for this particular one, they don't care how much you pay per month, as long as you're making payments. Um, so if one month I could not have enough money to do a big payment and I'll do $10, you know, and then the next month, like, I'm okay. I, I have a decent amount. Okay. I'm going to pay like 50 bucks, you know? Um, however, the hospital that I go to for like, um, imaging, um, my women's health doctor is there, uh, my, um, digestive doctors there, my sleep doctors there, you know, those big ones, they are all on that plan and they tell you what you pay unless you do the financial aid, which is like, I sent in paperwork that thick, like the pile of papers was this thick to get financial aid, you know? And that was, that was 75% of, of my bill taken off by the way, I still, I'm responsible for the other 25. Um, yeah. And, and I'm still, it's ridiculous. And this, I mean, and then you got to imagine this is with decent insurance. (sighs) Then there's the people who don't have insurance and I've been that person before and you know, it's ridiculous. They're pretty well screwed as far as money goes. I, I know I watched a documentary like a long time ago and I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was the Michael Moore one, but it was something to do with the American medical system. And it might've been the Michael Moore one. I have no idea, but there was a girl who got turned down for insurance because she had had a yeast infection five years ago and hadn't disclosed it to them. What? Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. That's, and that's the thing. I believe it. Cause you have to tell them literally everything. Yeah. And she just like, it was a yeast infection. She got medication. It was gone. Right. But didn't think about it. But yeah, I got turned down for insurance because of that. That just always stuck with me. Cause yeah. I can't imagine that's horrible. Like we pay, we pay MSP. Like we have a monthly payment for medical, but it's pretty low for most people. I'm on disability. So they cover mine. So mm-hmm. mine's all covered. I don't have to, but which is nice. And the way are I permanent disability. So mm-hmm. the way that it works, even if I start working full-time, that never goes away. I still always have the medical covered under disability, which is great. That's, that's nice. Yeah. That's not the way it is here. No, and my kids are all covered too. Always. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. good. No, that's decent. Oh. Yeah. Um, I don't know how, how it is for you guys, but getting disability in general is really difficult here. Yeah. Um, It was months and months and months of doctors and paperwork and. Well, there's people who've gone decades without getting it here because they just 
they'll deny you and deny you and deny you. You basically have to pay for a lawyer to be able to get it here. And then that's, you know, maybe you'll get it. <laughs> yeah, it's not so, that bad here. Yeah. Or it wasn't for me, at least. I know I've, yeah, I've heard yeah. a lot of people complain about getting turned down. I never even got turned down. I just got it automatically because I couldn't walk. And I think they like, they watch you sometimes. <laughs> Like they'll check you out and I always had a cane and everything. So I guess they just, but I got, yeah. I think I got lucky with it, but that's, that's still good. That's good. At this point, my daughter had come in and we'd had a little conversation with her for a bit and it ended up segueing into this conversation, but I thought I would throw this in so it doesn't sound like an abrupt subject change. So continue listening. Hey, I mean, uh- I don't know about you, but that's the brain fog for me. I, I, mm, yeah, I struggle a lot with the brain fog. I always say uh, to my business partner, um, you know, if my brain actually worked, the world would be in trouble. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Me too. If I could organize stuff like this, you can't see it, but this whole wall right here is just whiteboards. This one is all my podcast stuff and what I have to do, what I haven't done. This one's my calendar, like <laughs> everything in so much detail. Cause I will just forget everything. Oh, yeah. Even if it's on the calendar, sometimes I forget to look. So yep. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> I definitely feel that it's yeah, crazy I, sometimes. I try really hard to be at least a little organized, but it's, it's not a, it's not a thing for me. I'm yeah. neurodivergent too. I'm just, I don't, um, we, they don't cover mental health at all here. So mental no, health, I've you have to that, pay yeah. like full for everything. Mm. And I was talking to my therapist and she's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, to get a diagnosis of like ADHD or something, it's about four or five sessions, preferably within the same week or two week period. It's like $150 each. I'm like, nope. Yeah, that just sounds. Keep, yeah, mm. I'm just gonna keep going with neurodivergent, and if they ever yeah. figure out how to cover that, maybe I'll get a diagnosis. But I know how my brain works. I know that it's not normal, but yeah. I know how to work around it for the most part. Right, right. I mean, you live with it for your entire life. Eventually, you figure it out if you're if you're you know dedicated to trying and figuring it out and everything. And let me tell you, I, my, my therapist is on the, um, the same program as like my primary care and everything. So that goes to the same payment plan. However, finding someone who's willing to believe you when you say my brain does, has always worked this weird way. It's not just the recent medical things that are causing the brain fog. There's other things that are causing my brain to work differently. And I've never explored that, you know, getting someone to listen to that, especially as a female (laughs) is extremely difficult. So I don't know how old you are, but like I went through elementary school in the like really early nineties, I started it. And I absolutely like now, nowadays I'd have the ADHD diagnosis for sure. But because back then they were only looking at it in the way that males presented it. And it's completely different to, from how people born female do and they just nothing. And 
I, I did great through like elementary and high school. And then after high school, I just, I completely, I was just done. I was burnt out and couldn't yeah. do it. I dropped out of college because I just couldn't keep up with it anymore. <laughs> but I, uh, like, yeah, yeah. No, I get that for sure. I, I was born in 1990, so um, not quite the same time, but pretty much the same view. Is, yeah, so you know, I started kindergarten like a year after you were born. So yeah, yeah. So pretty much the same. They were they were essentially looking at the boys, you know, and saying, "Okay, this is how it's presented. So this is how we're going to look at it." Um, I looking back now, like the attention issues that I had were ridiculous, and I still struggle with that, you know. Like I will be talking to someone and looking at their face and have no idea what they're saying. Oh my gosh, all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, I know there's something going on. Let, let's figure that out. But yeah. nobody listens. No. You know? And every time, like, cause I do therapy sporadically, it would be great if I could afford to do it, you know, on a more regular basis, but I can't. But like, yeah, the, yeah. my, my, well, she's gone now. I haven't gone back since she left my old therapist. She was like, well, you know, explain to me all like the things that like stop you on a daily basis to do that. I'm like, I don't know. Exactly. I have no idea. Like I'm, I feel like I'm on the spot and I have nothing. Yes. Like, let me go home. And when it happens, I'll start making lists and I'll bring that in. But I cannot tell you other than like the normal, like executive dysfunction where I want to do the dishes and they're there and I look at them and I know they need to be done, but I just can't do it. Just oh my can't. God, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I feel the exact same way about it. Like, okay, we're talking about it. You know, what, what's, what's the problem? Well, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not normal. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I feel in my head I'm just like I don't know just figure it out <laughs> yeah, you get the whole um well why can't you just do it I don't know yeah I can't I don't know. um I had someone explain it to me once like um it's it's like uh, if a stove is on and you want to touch it. Like you're looking at it, you say, I could touch that. But when you go to touch it, your brain will always stop you. Your body will yeah. stop you. That's what executive dysfunction is like. That's no matter exactly how much you want like. to do the things, even if they're small things, you just yeah. you can't. There's, you have to wait until it's gone or whatever. Yep. But wait until the moment feels right. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I have to feel. That's what I end up feeling like I have to do because you don't see it, <laughs> but there's my, and this is mainly because of, you know, the, the business stuff that I have going on, but everything's a mess <laughs> yeah. and it's not like, um, gross mess. It's just extremely disorganized and nothing has a home. And I have no idea where to start to fix that. So I look at it and I go, <laughs> No, <laughs> um, I kept like this view clear of stuff, but like that's my kitchen table <laughs> just off to the side. It's just exactly, I hear it's just you covered in stuff. I mean, and it drives my husband nuts, but 
Yeah. It's a flat surface. So when I walk into the house, that's where stuff goes. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter if they have spots. That's where it lives. Yep. Exactly. I feel you though. That's exactly what it is. It's like, okay, this is an easy spot for me to remember that I put that there. That's where it's going to go. And then I'll lose it still. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love yeah. I've lost so much stuff that way. It was like, I lost my social insurance card once because I put it somewhere safe. <laughs> yes, exactly. I put things somewhere where it's going to be safe and where I'm going to be able to find it later. And then I never remember where that is. Yeah, I've gotten the same spot every time. I've gotten better at like taking pictures or like making notes to try to- Making see. pictures. Hey, I like that idea. Yeah. But then I lose the picture or forget that I took the picture. And then it doesn't matter, but sometimes yeah. it actually helps if I put something in a weird place, but yeah, my, I hear you. My kids slept in our living room last night. So I put the remote up in a cupboard and this morning I was on my phone and I had a reminder that said the remote's in the cupboard. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I took it away. So they wouldn't watch TV all night. That makes sense. I know where it, okay, cool. That's great. Good job, past Jill. Yes. yes. <laughs> Thanks for thinking about me. Right? <laughs> I'm still not sure which cupboard it's in, but now that I know it's in a cupboard, I know I'll be able to find it. Exactly. <laughs> we know the direction we need to look. Yeah. Okay. So I want to hear all about like your upcycling stuff that you're doing. Oh, yes. Okay. So um, I started out with painting and painting on things. Um, I learned completely by, you know, YouTube and other people. And I did not go to uh, a school for it or anything like that. I'm completely self-taught. And I mean, like taught by those who are freely sharing the information, which I think, by the way, is an amazing thing. And that's part of the second business that we're doing. Um, so essentially I will take, you know, any item. And right now my main focus is, um, is, uh, using like different glass containers. So you get like, you know, a spaghetti jar or something, and I can use that for a bunch of different stuff. Um, if I make the paint thin enough, I can make it, you know, uh, so that if I put a candle on the inside, it's going to make a really cool design, you know, when That's I put awesome. it over it. Um, or I also do, uh, like, uh, sensory bottles and calm bottles, which like those they're so fun. And I have my own twist on it. Um, because obviously if I'm like selling it, I can't have the, uh, brand on the top on the lid or anything. So I started out painting it and I was like, okay, I don't like how that looks. It just looks weird, whatever. So I made this concoction of like glitter and a little bit of paint and like a uh, shiny pigment. And I tried a bunch of different things. And the first thing that I came to was um, having that kind of uh, drip down over the lid. So now in addition to the visual, you also have the feeling the sensory feeling oh that's you know? cool yeah and then the second thing I came to is I'm going to use wax instead of that so then that's going to be something different in case people don't like that particular texture because you know texture <laughs> um yeah there's definitely 
texture issues for a lot of people and not just, yeah. I know my kids always have slime and some of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to play with this forever. And other ones, I'm like, don't touch me. If it's going to stay on my hands, I don't want it. Um, except for paint, for some reason, I could, I could have paint covering me and I wouldn't care. Me too. <laughs> Cause I do, I do woodworking stuff. I make like, that's my business sign that I made. I do like oh, saw woodworking art and, um, I'm constantly just covered in spray paint or acrylic paint or whatever I happen to be using that's and me. it doesn't bother me, but yeah, other things touching my skin, even clothes, everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, there's definitely some clothing that I'm just like, no, I have to have soft pants at all times. <laughs> I'm surprisingly okay with only old Navy jeans. Really? Old Navy jeans are fine, but anything, any other jeans I find super uncomfortable. Huh. I don't know why. I don't do. know if it's the way they cut them or I have no idea, but they're yeah. okay. They're the only ones I can do, but yeah, I'm wearing sweatpants right now. Right. <laughs> I basically am too. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm focused on right now, but I, uh, I also have like just painted different things. I actually have a pile of records waiting for me to do some stuff with. I love that. That's awesome. I love doing stuff with records. Um, the first one that I did was an experiment and then the other ones are going to be something that I've seen a lot of people do, but I'm just excited to try. Um, the experiment is turning them into clocks. Um, I've seen oh, people neat. do it before. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool when I saw people do it. So I'm going to give it a try. And then the other thing is like, I'm sure you've maybe even seen this is like when you melt them and they kind of turn in or not even melt, but like uh, heat them and put them over like a jar or something. And they kind of turn into like a, a wavy bowl. Oh, I think I have seen that. That's really neat. Yeah. I'm going to try doing that with a couple of them and see how that turns out. Um, I definitely like to add my own flair to things because I, I don't like feeling like I've, you know, copied people. Yeah. Obviously. Don't want to do that. <laughs> uh, what else do I do? I don't even know. Okay. But first, yes. everyone copies everyone. That's how stuff is made. You see something, yeah. you're like, that is cool. How can I do that but make it my own still, right? Like Exactly. Yeah. I So many people worry about that. They're like, oh, what, what if I don't have what if my thought isn't hundred percent original? And I'm like, nothing is, nothing is like True. almost everything you can think of has been done, <laughs> but I, I just, I think making artists and stuff like that is about enjoying it. Yes. And it doesn't matter if it's something that people do a lot, or if it is something unique, which I think if something is actually unique, it's going to be weird. Oh yeah. It probably sure. won't sell if that's what very, you're very true. But <laughs> just do it because you love it because it's exactly fun. exactly and that's you know that's where I've come to is like I'm gonna excuse me I'm sorry that's okay I'm gonna find you know my flair for things and make whatever I feel comfortable making and what I enjoy making I try everything there's a uh, a group well a facility I guess um called the mint the maker space and uh basically they provide like a bunch of different equipment that members can come in and use and then they also do like classes and workshops and stuff so I'll go in there and try whatever and then if I like it I will look into it more learn more of it actually buy my own uh supplies yeah. <laughs> and stuff because you know you don't want to 
buy all the supplies and then not be into it. Oh my gosh. I have that. That's my cricket right here that I haven't used in a year. <laughs> right. I, sometimes I was, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to use this all the time. And then I did for like a couple months and right. <laughs> now it comes out every once in a while. So to like, I just make stencils with it. Right. But. Right. Yeah. I thought about getting one. And for that specific reason, like I didn't know exactly what I'd use it for. I didn't get it. Yeah. Um, it's I nice actually, to have around, but I definitely yeah. don't use it as much as I thought I would. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I hear you. I've got stuff like that. Um, I actually, I got a, like a pen display for the computer so that I could try and do some, um, some uh, digital art stuff, which oh, cool. I don't mind doing, but I don't like when it doesn't work right. And right now it's not working right. So I haven't used it in like a month. Sorry. I've tried the digital art thing so many times. I've watched so many YouTube tutorials and I just, I can never, I can never get it. Yeah. It's, it's, it definitely takes a special kind of uh, concentration, yeah. in my opinion, because I, there's so many little things that you have to know where they are and what buttons do what and, you know, <laughs> how to do this thing and that thing. I'm like, I can touch paint. I know what I, do, I can do with paint. Like that's, that's completely different. <laughs> I love so, it. I'm terrible at it, but I love it. <laughs> and that's okay. Exactly. It's something to like doing it. <laughs> exactly. And that's, um, do you care if I talk about my, the second business that I'm starting uh, with? No, friend? please do. Okay. And then send me all the links and stuff and I'll put them sure. in the show notes and oh, go check it you. out. So, <laughs> um, okay. So the second business is actually still in the, uh, business planning phase, but we're getting ready to start some, uh, fundraising for it here shortly, like within the next few months. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a baby. It's literally a baby. Um, but essentially what we're going to be doing is providing a space for anyone who wants to learn art or just enjoy doing art to have um, a place where you can do it without the judgment and without the um, intimidating feeling that the mainstream art communities where like um, you go to a gallery um, and it just feels like, oh, I'm definitely not good enough to be here. You yeah. know, I know um, that feeling very well. Yeah. Um, and that's here in Vermont. The art community is very much like that. And there's not very many of us who um, make art like that, that are not in that community, I guess. And the ones that are, it feels very exclusionary essentially. And we're trying to create a space where you don't have to feel that way. And we're actually gonna start out with a uh, renovated bus and we're gonna take that to events. And that's gonna be like our area we'll set up outside. So that means it's gonna be seasonal at first but eventually we're going to go to brick and mortar. And um, hopefully that when that happens, hopefully, fingers crossed, it'll be um, something in our local community where we are providing that space to the people in our own community where we, uh, 
you know, where we ourselves live. So, <laughs> um, essentially that's what it's going to be. And it, we're going to make it as accessible as possible. Most of our workshops are going to be, um, uh, basically pay as you can or pay what you can. So like, we'll have a donation box set up rather than saying it's 50 bucks for this class. Um, and then people who, you know, we'll have maybe like a suggested, okay, this is how much supplies cost, like $20 or something, but you don't have to pay that <laughs> if you, if you can't, because we want it to be accessible to people. Um, and we're going to, we're going to be as inclusive as we possibly can, but I think in the initial beginning, the main people that are going to end up being uh, interested are going to be like parents with kids. And that's perfect, you know, as a way to start, that's perfect. But we're going to make sure that people know it's as inclusive as we can make it. I have a strong connection to uh, uh, the elderly community and a strong connection to the um, uh, disabled and um, um, mentally ill community here in my local area. So I'm hoping that we're going to be able to get to those folks as well and let them know about this so that there's a way they can participate. Um, That's yeah. amazing. Like, especially like I'm a parent on a fixed income and my there's, we, we do, we do some sports and stuff like that, but it's would be so nice to have like art classes where we could go and yeah. it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Like I just paid $50 yeah. for two of my kids to go paint a flower pot. Yeah. No. Which is That's a lot. Like it's so much. It and is. They liked doing it, but it was, it's, it's, it's a lot of money. It is. Yeah, it and is. I, I love that. I just, I love, that's amazing. I love what you're doing. We're so excited about it, honestly. Like we get together to do the brainstorming and to like write things out. And it's ridiculous. <laughs> we have to have a period beforehand where we can just talk and or go and do things and talk so that we can actually sit still and do the, the planning. Yep. <laughs> because we're so excited about it. We have all these ideas. When it comes time to write them down, we're like, going off on every single tangent possible if we don't give ourselves that time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hear that when I get like really excited about something, it's the same way. But absolutely. Yeah. I just, I absolutely love what you're doing. That's just so cool. The world needs, yeah. The world needs more stuff like that. That's kind of what, you know, what our opinion is too, is like, there's not enough of that where the, there's, underrepresented and underappreciated people, you know? So we're, we're hoping that our focus can mainly be on those people. That's our goal. That's our aim, um, you know? And I mean, it's gonna be fun and it's gonna be a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, but it's, I think that would bring so much good to any community and your community is lucky to have you guys because that's amazing. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so before, before we kind of sign off here, um, uh, do you have any advice that you would give to somebody who is being newly diagnosed with chronic illnesses? Ask questions and do your research. 
even if there is no possibility for you to do, you know, doctor shopping or for you to, you know, uh, move around between doctors in any way, do your research and tell them what you're finding, you know, and, and don't settle for the gaslighting. Absolutely do not settle for the gaslighting. If someone does the thing where they're like, are you sure you're not just lazy? Like I've gotten, you know, just tell them, no, I'm not lazy. I am not imagining this. This is happening to me. And I have, you know, these records of this day, this day, and this day, I have not been able to move because of the amount of pain I'm in or whatever your situation is. And just make them hear you. Yeah, such a hard thing to do, but it's so important because like, unless you find an amazing doctor, they're not going to do that TV thing where you go to the hospital and they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you, but we're going to keep you here until we find out everything. And that doesn't exist in real life. Literally nowhere. Nobody is house. Just saying. Yeah. Wouldn't (laughs) it be (laughs) Right. <laughs> but then um, I don't know. Not know about you guys, but here we'd have to pay for every single thing that house would do. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. And just finally, has having a chronic illness brought anything good to your life? Actually, the businesses. Um. When I was not able to do the job I was doing before, which uh, I was doing in-home care for elderly folks. Um. I wasn't able to do that anymore. And I was home, I was extremely depressed and trying to figure out what to do with my life because I thought I found my life purpose, you know? And I was like, well, I have this hobby and I know that's what a lot of people do. I have this hobby. Let me try to make it, you know, make money for me. Well, that's what it brought me was the opportunity to be able to do that and be able to focus on something else other than, you know, working to live. (laughs) that's awesome I'm very thankful for that (laughs) even though it was a very painful process yeah you never know what life's gonna throw at you and sometimes if you just let it be it'll bring amazing things but yes trust the process (laughs) yeah Well, thank you so much for talking to me today I really enjoyed all of this um your businesses sound amazing And I just, I wish you the best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been awesome getting to talk to you after, you know, watching your content the past (laughs) few months and being like, this woman is amazing. (laughs) Thank you. I mean, that's ridiculous, but thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're very welcome. I want to once again thank Jerrica for coming on, and I would also like to thank Miranda F. and Laura Jane E. for contributing to my Patreon and helping me farther the podcast. And once again, this is an independent podcast, which I am doing all by myself. If you would like to help us out, you can head on over to my Patreon, and for as little as $2 a month, you can get access to early episodes, ad-free content, merch, and a lot more. And it really does help us out with some of the costs of doing this. I really hope that everybody is having an absolutely fantastic day. Lots of love and gentle hugs. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.